Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language. It is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Snuggle Bunnies. Just going to have you stay tuned um, until after this episode today where I will be trying for the first time a Japanese soda that I got for the first time. And it appears to be authentic Japanese. It's all in kanji. Yeah, it's all Japanese. And it's got a picture of an octopus on it, so I'm really curious slash afraid about how this is going to turn out. (laughs) I would be concerned as well. But we're going to give it a try after the show. Me... Um, Noah and Nugget are all going to try, and you're more than welcome to have a sip too. Give it a go. Gee, thanks. I'm yeah. glad I could be included into this bro hub of love and octopus juice. Yeah, bro, up top. No. Aww. No. Dick. Such a dick. <laughs> he went for the high five, and he was denied. Left me hanging. Left you hanging. Guess who's not getting any octopus juice soda from Japan? Ooh, I'm... So sad. Yeah, her, her fucking name rhymes with Erica. Asshole. Nothing rhymes with Erica. Yeah. I am unique. I have no comeback. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name is Erica. Nothing rhymes with it. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Who is silly, and that rhymes. It does. And tonight is our... 50th episode! Yay! Yay! Insert it, applause. Actually, I we put out a couple bonus ones, so it's probably more than 50 now, but this one is officially going to be titled the 50th episode. So, you're welcome. There you go. Nice. <laughs> and uh, for tonight's episode, I found something that I've actually been wanting to cover for a while, because it's neat, as Billy says. Can you quit looking at your phone? I'm Googling words that rhyme with Erica. Other than America? Oh, fuck. Which doesn't really rhyme. It just says the same thing. There is uh, Transamerica, American, Numerical, Spherical, Clerical, Africa, Jessica, Erica, Jessica. That rhymes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Keep Keep searching. While I continue on with the show, like we're supposed to do. Circa. Go ahead. So, this one, I figure some of you true crime fans might know, so rather than coming right out and telling you from the beginning what it is, I'm going to kind of go into the story and see if you can kind of pick up what I'm laying down. I, you know, that, that kind of happened with me. Like, when I first started looking at everything, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And then I was like, oh, wait, I know this. Yeah. I've seen, like, the pictures... And stuff. There's like a couple videos about it on YouTube. And 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 I knew kind of the basics of it, but I didn't realize how much more there was to it. So so let's jump right in. Or how dumb they were. Dumb who was? Um, Sorry, the victims. You hear noises? Call cops. There. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see what Billy's coming down on them for. Yeah. Yeah, listen to this shit. <laughs> 
It's so, sad. It's sad. But when you hear about the like how how what led up to it, you're like, fucking really? You think this? Where anybody else in the world would think the opposite, except well, maybe Mennonites. This was in the 20s. I mean, times were different. I'm only saying Mennonites because I don't think they subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they do. Probably not. Okay, so let's go back to 1922. A family of five was living on a remote farmstead outside the Bavarian town of Groburn, along with their maid. It's really nice in the spring there. I'm sure it is. Hard-pressed to find a place that's not nice in the spring. <laughs> the family consisted of 63-year-old Andreas Gruber and a 72-year-old wife, Kazelia. Cradle robin, motherfucker. Yeah. Their widowed daughter, 35-year-old Victoria Gabriel, and her two children, 7-year-old Kazelia, who they called Silly, I'm assuming, to keep from confusing her with the grandmother, and 2-year-old Joseph. Her nickname rhymes with mine. Silly and Billy. <laughs> yeah. The family attended church and Silly went to school, but otherwise the family was kind of known to keep to themselves. They tended to their oxen, cows, pigs, and chickens on their farm. And in late 1921, their former maid began reporting feeling like she was being watched and was hearing footsteps in the attic. Andreas blew the maid's claims off as her being paranoid or skittish. There's one of those fucking signs right there. <laughs> But she fully believed that the farmhouse was 100% haunted. There's the other fucking sign right there. Her fears became so strong that she quit and moved the fuck away. She was like, not taking it anymore. I'm out. And so the family had to hire a new maid. And 44-year-old Maria Baumgartner arrived to start her job on Friday, March 31st of 1922. And there was like a six-month gap between the two maids. She probably just beat her meth addiction. And I was like, this is the first day of the rest it's of It's a brand life. new start on life. Yeah. Man. Second, ch second chances. <laughs> I got one. But just a day before her arrival, Andreas admitted to a neighbor that he too had witnessed some strange happenings on the farmstead since the previous maid had left. Was it a fucking ghoul? <laughs> well, he had found a set of footprints in otherwise pristine, untouched snow leading to the farmhouse from the woods. But there were no prints leading back. Andreas, look, I gotta talk to you, buddy. Ah, what's up? Really good harvest we're having this year. Yeah, 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 never mind that. Um, I think somebody's in your fucking attic, bro. <laughs> ah, you've bought into these fears as well, I see. No, Andre, no. I saw him. He gave me a nod. He was like, sup? And I was like, fuck are you? But I did the nod back, and now I feel weird. But I think somebody's up there, man. Ah... Uh, we will call a priest. Call the cops! <laughs> well, aside from the footprints, he also found a newspaper on the property that he nor any of the family members had purchased, and he had no idea how it had gotten there. So he burned sage and sprinkled salt around the windows. Fucking weirdo. No, he was just like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? Interesting. Oh, there's my ox. <laughs> A lock on their shed had been broken and the items inside appeared to have been rifled through, but he never reported it to police as nothing was missing. A cow had also recently been set loose late one night as well. I bet they blamed Silly and they took off her shoes and her socks and put them up on the kitchen table and they and they hit him with a fucking fly swatter with a switch until they bled. That's what I'm thinking happened. 
They could have just beat her with shoes. <laughs> Take <laughs> That'd be a damn punishment, too. Give me your shoes. What? And then you wield them like your Indiana Jones with his whip, and you <laughs> beat the shit out of your kid with their own shoes. Ah, oh, punishment idea. Like yeah, that. and they didn't have, like, tennis shoes and shit back then. It was like hard soles. Yeah. Done some damage. Time together. Make some shoe chucks. The cow had been set loose one night, and Andreas felt that it may have been let out on purpose. He also told the neighbor, because, you know, the list just keeps adding up. Stay off my land! <laughs> he also told the neighbor that one of their two house keys had come up missing just days before. All this is screaming, not a ghost. And he admitted that he had started hearing footsteps as well, <laughs> but found nothing when he investigated. I found written on a piece of paper on our table that said, you're a fucking dead man, sincerely the guy that's living here. <laughs> He's like, what do you think that means? <laughs> I was like, ah, silly. <laughs> well, the the two neighbors parted ways. Yeah, because the neighbor thought the guy was a fucking moron. It was like, you know what? You do you. Fucking Gruber, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the two neighbors parted ways and everything was quiet on the farm for several days. The animals on the farm were tended to and smoke was noted coming from the chimney, giving the appearance that the family was home and taking care of the place. It was probably quiet for a couple of days because the guy that was there, you know, hanging out, the ghoul, was like, fuck, they're talking about me. Barely low. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm busted. This is it. Ah, oh, fuck. It's been nice. Ah, they put two and two together with the missing key and the cow. Fuck, I knew I should have gotten a sheet with holes in it. These guys are dullards. It would have worked. <laughs> well, Silly did not show up for school on Saturday the 1st. So evidently they had school on Saturday back then. It fucking sucks. Unfair. Yeah. And it was odd when the family didn't show up for church that weekend, especially since Victoria was a member of the choir. And then Silly didn't show up for school again on Monday the 3rd. She's probably sick of their shit. Going to school on Saturday, she's probably like, fuck this. I'm going to go ahead and have kids. She's seven. They did that back then. You were young and you had kids and then you worked the farm. Not at seven. Have you ever seen Little House on the Prairie? There are a minuscule number of females that are seven years old that have even hit puberty where they can have children. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah. Read a book, Billy. She's probably dead. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no foreshadowing there. <laughs> Friends had stopped by and gotten no answer when they knocked, and when they peeked in the windows, it appeared as if someone had been in the house recently and eaten a meal. The mail from Saturday still hadn't been picked up by Tuesday the 4th, when a repairman showed up to work on something on the property as was scheduled. He knocked and knocked and knocked some more, but no one answered. He could hear a dog barking inside the house, and he tried the doors, but they were both locked. He decided to go ahead and make his repairs, which may have been for either a vehicle or a farm machine. It was something that he didn't have to go in the house or barn for to make the repairs. I like that. That's a good worker, actually. He was just like, well, ah, shit, I'm already here. I'm here. Fuck it. I yeah. Got my tools. When he finished and he was leaving, he noticed that the dog he had previously heard inside the house was now tied up outside the back door as if somebody had put the dog out. He knocked again and tried the back door, but it was still locked. So, wanting them to know that he'd been there and made the repairs, he just went to the closest neighbor's house and passed on, hey, I did the repairs, I couldn't make contact with anyone in the house, will you just let them know? Well, the neighbors, confused and concerned, decided to go to the farmstead and investigate. That's funny, it's like the, the guy inside the house that let the dog out is like hiding behind a couch, he's like, go away. 
Go away! Quit knocking! Damn it. Stupid fucking dog had to take a shit. This is stupid. <laughs> you hear like, Go away! I'm not here! I'm not here! Nurr! <laughs> Nurr! Nine! That's what they would have said yeah. in Germany. Nine! Nine! So the neighbors decided to investigate and they were led by a farmer named Lorenz Schlittenbauer, whose farm was only a few hundred yards from the Gruber farmstead. Lorenz had been married and his wife had died in 1918. That same year, from August to December, he and Victoria had been in a relationship and had been intimate. It's unclear if their relationship started before or after his wife died, but sometime during that period they had an intimate relationship. The two had even spoken of marriage, but Andreas, which is Victoria's father, wouldn't allow it. Now, she was in her 30s by this time, and she could have just told him to fuck off, I'm going to marry who I want, but you'll learn the possible reason why she didn't here in a little while. The next year is when little Joseph was born, and both Victoria and Lorenz claimed the child was Lorenz's. We'll speak more about the relationship later, but it's kind of important to know this now because of what happens when the group of neighbors gets to the farm. The group noticed that the barn door was open, so they went in. And to the left, sticking out of a mound of hay, they could see multiple legs and feet, positioned as if they were stacked. Lorenz ran over and began pulling the pile apart. The shocked neighbors yelled at him, asking him what he was doing, and why he was messing with the crime scene, and they were like, what the fuck, dude? I'm sure they said that verbatim. And uh, he yelled back that he was looking for his son, Joseph. He found four bodies in the barn, Andreas, Kazelia, Victoria, and Silly, but no Joseph. So the group headed to the house, and it's not clear if they broke in or by that time the door had been unlocked by whoever was there, or if maybe Lorenz had a secret key, but somehow the group got into the house. They found the maid Maria's body in her room, her head partially under the bed and a duvet thrown over her body. And they found little Joseph in Victoria's room in a baby carriage at the foot of the bed, with a red skirt draped over the carriage. All of the victims appeared to have massive blunt force trauma to their heads and upper bodies. And even the dog, though alive, appeared to have some type of injury to his right eye. And that's mentioned in a couple of different sources that I found, but it doesn't specifically say what was wrong with the dog, just he had some kind of impact injury to the right eye. Really don't give a whole lot of credit to dogs or attention to dogs. You know, they're like, oh, this was, you know, blunt force trauma. And we could see like part of the brain is showing on this victim. And, you know, there's arterial spray from the slashing that happened on the thing. And the thing with the thing that was sharp that one time. And the dog's eyes fucked up. Yep. It's like, wow, there could be evidence there. But that detail, actually, it came, some of the research I did came from a German website that I had to google translate and try and piece together the broken english dog in fucks up but it it did say that the dog has some kind of impact injury to the right eye yeah and we'll go over the details of the the crime scene and the injuries here in a minute and just so you know if you haven't figured it out already this is the case of the hendra kfak murders that many of you true crime fans have probably heard of bump 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 and fun fact, Hinterkaifeck isn't an actual place. It's a combination of the German prefix Hinter, which means behind, and the hamlet name of Kaifeck that was nearby. So it generally means behind Kaifeck, 
because the murders took place on a remote farmstead near Kayfek. So, anyway, back to the story. The police were called, but by the time they arrived, a group of fucking people had already trekked all over both crime scenes, and Lorenz had touched the bodies and threw them around. Way to go, Rocket. (laughs) So, the police took a crime scene photo of how they found the bodies in the barn, you know, after Lorenz had strung them around, and then recreated how the neighbors originally found the bodies by actually restacking the bodies on top of each other and covering them with hay and then saying, is this what it looked like? And they said, yeah, that's pretty much what it looked like. And then they took another picture. So if you actually look, there are crime scene pictures from these murders. I think there's four or five of them. And you can actually see both of these pics. The one where the cops took the picture, how they found it, and then the recreated crime scene photo. And all the pictures are in black and white. And there isn't really any gore that you can see. So feel free to search away. I know before I've said you probably don't want to look that one up. It's kind of gruesome. But these aren't too bad. Erica basically just said these pictures aren't any fun. (laughs) I did not say that. Uh, You can find these pictures online. They're black and white. Kind of boring. Yeah, that's kind of what you... No, they're interesting. But I mean, I, I know pictures were hard to come by back then. It would have been... Better for the investigation for them to have more pictures? They were real dicks back then, weren't they, Erica? No. Real assholes? No. I didn't see a bone sticking out of anything. They could have taken better pictures. There it is. Okay. For the investigation. Sure. Not for Erica Don't put later. words in my mouth, I don't think Billy. I need to. I don't think I need to. You're doing just fine. All right. Moving on. Okay, you can find these lame-ass pictures anywhere online. <laughs> A large amount of blood spatter was found in the barn on the floor and the walls, indicating that some, if not all, of the victims found in the barn were killed there. Or so we hear. There's no pictures of blood. We know that now. You can see some spots kind of on you the ground. You really looked. You really looked. I seriously did. That I did for- <laughs> like zoomed in on the pictures like, come on, Because I'm going to tell you how everybody was found. I had to look at the pictures. I guarantee you, you looked at those pictures two years ago and got bummed. No. Uh-huh. I didn't. Uh-huh. Fuck you, Billy. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> well, before the investigators moved into the house, they did note that all the farm animals had been fed and recently taken care of. Now, inside the house, they noticed that not much was disturbed outside of the two rooms where Maria and Joseph had been found. There were some blood drops found in the kitchen, but there weren't any obvious bloody footprints or fingerprints in the house. Maria, as mentioned before, was found with a duvet over her. She was in the center of her room, with her head partially under her bed. She was noted to be lying in a large pool of dried blood. And the window in that room had been draped with fabric and clothing, possibly to block out the sight of the body if anyone tried to look in. And Maria hadn't even fully unpacked from her arrival. So there's that. Start a new life. Here I am. I'm going to be the best maid that has ever been seen this part of Germany, and then I died. Got my 30-day chip from anger management. Finally kicked that heroin that's been on my back for a while. I think this house is haunted. (laughs) I love that dog's eye. There she goes. She went down. She had arrived on Friday, and the bodies were found on Tuesday. Along with the mail backed up from Saturday on, police began to believe that the six victims were killed sometime late Friday or early Saturday, the 31st of March, into April 1st. 
so she would have only been there just hours before she was killed. But it appeared that someone had been alive in the house up until shortly before the discovery of the bodies. Meals appeared to have been eaten and fires had been made in the hearth, as evidenced by neighbors reporting seeing chimney smoke during the days that the family hadn't been seen. Okay, can anybody that's that, that's connected to us on social media, I'm sure Erica is probably going to talk to me as if I'm an idiot. It's kind of her thing. Um, fuck's a hearth. It's can, part of the fireplace. Somebody said, yeah, so it was fire. What's a hearth, though? It's like the bottom part. It's the ground and the piece the ground. that comes. There's mantle, ground, fire. <coughs> that's gross. That's what I think about it. Can somebody send me a picture of a hearth, please? <laughs> Trying to find out what a hearth is. Oh, and use some editing software, whatever it is you got to do, to draw a fucking arrow to it and be like, "This is a hearth, dumbass." And I'll be like, "Okay, thank you." But I sort of got if 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 it's pointing something on the ground, I'll be like, "Oh, you mean the fucking ground?" I want to see a picture of a hearth. Then look one up. You have a tablet and a phone sitting right next to you. You could easily Google no, hearth. It's all the way over there. It's like twelve inches from you. Uh, twelve inches too far. What? Well, uh- much work. Lazy. Yeah, that too. That doesn't help. <laughs> anyway. I sound like a victim. Oh, man, tell me about it. I know. <laughs> Some people have a heart, and then there's me. Hopefully this clears up soon. Uh, <laughs> bad case of lazy. Also, you know, there was the, the issue that the dog had been heard barking from inside, but was later found outside. All of the animals have been tended to over the four days since anyone in the family was last seen. So it seemed that whoever committed the murders was familiar with the farmstead and maybe someone whose footsteps could be heard coming from the attic. Ooh. Sounds like the killer's a dog lover, or not a dog lover, but an animal lover. Maybe. Except for that dog's eye. <laughs> maybe it just got in the way during one of those swings. Maybe. You know, the back swings. Yipe! <laughs> yeah, that's probably what happened. Yep. Actually, that might have been because most dogs will come to their owner's defense, maybe. And once it got a good swing in the eye, it was like, no, fuck this. Yeah, I got a good dose of reality there. <laughs> hey, guy, knock it off. Ah, oh, fuck. Forget I said anything. Carry on. Never fucking mind. <laughs> oh, thank God I got a spare. <laughs> now, in the attic, authorities found some very interesting things that suggested someone had stayed up there or use the area frequently for some time. And like I said before, a lot of this is from a German website called hinterkaifeck.net, and I had to have Google translate it. So what I'm going to describe here is the best that I could make of it from the broken English that it translated to. They found a chamber with what was described as a, quote, new bed load, end quote. We probably could really use Heather's help. Maybe. Yeah. Heather, do you know German? I think it's Deutsch. I don't think they call it German. We do. That's like them saying... You don't take Deutsch classes in high school. We don't speak American. We speak English. We call it German. People don't speak Korean. They speak Hangul. People don't speak Chinese. They speak Mandarin. I think it's called Deutsch. Heather, when you send a picture of a hearth, be sure to let me know if it's Deutsch. (laughs) So, they found this chamber with this new bed load. I'm assuming that means there was some kind of bedding in there. Um, I think new bed load, I'm thinking linens. Like what they give you when you go to prison, like your pillow, pillowcase. You don't get a pillowcase in prison, I don't think. I don't think you lavish in luxury. But, like, you know, you go and you change out your linens. I think that's a bed load, right? 
Your blanket, your sheet, your pillow? I guess. Like if somebody stays a night, like, you out of a bed load. I never heard anybody say bed load before, but that's what, I, that's what I'm picturing in my mind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was also what seems to be like a mini smokehouse made out of either a lower floor's fireplace chimney, or there may have been an actual fireplace in the attic, I'm not sure, but the German word for fireplace was in there, and smokehouse was in there. Not to mention they found stored smoked meat. <laughs> so somebody was smoking some meat up in that bitch. What gets and me is... they found some of it that had been recently cut, so it was fairly fresh. What gets me is like no more than a minute ago, you know, you're you're like, oh, you know, it showed signs of somebody living up there. And I'm and I, I read a little bit of this, you know, and I'm thinking there's a fucking smokehouse up there. There's signs, really? Yeah, they're a bit. Yeah. <laughs> they also found boxes of cereals and dried goods that were found stashed, and there were food crumbs on the floor. And hay was spread on the floor, possibly to muffle the footsteps up there. But the German translation states that there were, quote, two prints in the hay. So I'm assuming that's implying that there may have been two people up there at some point, if not the entire time. The building on the farm was actually one big, like, L-shaped building, with the residential part connected to the barn part via an indoor, like, courtyard stable area. And the translated description makes it sound like the attic could be accessed via either part, so there may have been a door or a window in the attic that overlooked the courtyard stable area. The site also says that a rope was attached to a crossbar, which may have been used as a possible escape route and could explain why Andreas didn't see anyone when he investigated in the attic area. They could have just swung themselves out. And human excrement was also found in the attic as well. Okay, I'm following everything you're saying, but while you're talking, I'm looking up bed load. Mm-hmm. Everything I'm finding on here has to do with water, streams, like the bed of a stream, and fluid running over that, and like the fluid going underneath the bed of a stream and then going over it, kind of suspending. Well, I'm thing. sure there's a German word that roughly translates into new bed load, and it would not mean the same thing that we would take it to mean. Sediment not in suspension, rolled or dragged along a stream bottom. Okay, yeah. I'll keep looking. There's not a stream in an attic. So, so fecal. Yeah, fecal material. Poop. Out of the poop chute, into the attic. Well, you gotta get rid of that smoked meat somehow. Only one way out. Master bit. Oh, you mean pooping. Yeah. Oh, right. Shit. Shiza. Or vomit. <laughs> yeah, if you wanna. That's been going around this household lately. We're actually recording this on Monday and it's due out Wednesday. Because me and Nugget got sick over the weekend. We tried recording this a couple days ago, and I had to stop in the middle of it to try and keep from vomiting. And the cat. And the dog. And, and your, the dog puked. Your mother. Yeah. I almost did today. Yeah. We've all been sick. Have pity on us. Public schools. I love teachers. They're the best. But public schools, you pull all the kids together. It's a germ fest. It's a bucket of germs. <laughs> all right. So. We're so cool in the summertime, you know? We're like, ah, this is great. But as soon as the kids go to school, it's like after two weeks, it's like, here it comes. Next thing you know, I wake up with pink eye. I don't fucking know how. (laughs) So now we're going to move on to the autopsies. The bodies were all autopsied the next day by Dr. Johann Baptiste Ammuller. And according to Wikipedia, he did so in the barn. And I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, but considering 
the number of victims and it was in a remote area and it was 1922. I guess I could kind of believe that they would just do it on site in the barn. Why not? That kind of makes sense. You're already there. I mean, the cops did restack dead people to recreate original crime scenes. At this point, I think just fuck it. (laughs) What harm is there in cutting on some dead bodies in a barn? It'd be crazy if, if, if the doc was like, yeah, just... Clear the table off. We'll do it here. Just lay a sheet down. Lay a bed load down. <laughs> and, you know, the, the cops were like, you can't do that here. But he was like, oh, excuse me, Sergeant, but last time I checked, you stacked bodies up like it's a fucking, like mm-hmm. they're mannequins on a fucking display. Yeah, there's already been a group of people trampling all through the crime scenes. I think we're well past the we give a shit point here. <laughs> when you started... <laughs> When you started rearranging them for your fucking art piece that you're trying to fucking make, <laughs> just go upstairs, eat some smoked meat, shut the fuck up. Let me cut this kid open. <laughs> I've never said that sentence in my life. Yeah, you have now. Those words in that order. Yep, martinis in the macabre. Full of new adventurous sentences. Just, what did I say? Shut the eat. fuck up, go up there. No, go up there, eat, eat some, some fucking smoke- smoked meat eat. so I can cut open this kid. So I can cut open this kid. Yep. All right. I guess we got a soundbite. All right. So I'm going to go through how each body was presented and the injuries found. So buckle up because it's pretty rough. And I'll start with the two bodies that were moved by Lorenz when he came in and started chucking people around. And that was Andreas and Silly. Andreas Gruber was dressed in what would be considered sleepwear, consisting of a shirt and pants. So I would assume it's kind of like thermal underwear type thing. And he appears to be barefoot in the pictures. That's why I was looking in depth at the pictures. Whatever Thank you, ha- you much. Whatever you have to tell yourself, honey. He did appear to be barefoot. So all of this could be important for the time of death, as it seems he had been in bed at some point before heading to the barn where he was murdered. And it, so it's almost as if he was like lured out to the barn or possibly forced. No, it was a, honey, I heard something. Get up and check it out. Could have been. That's what it was. His face was caked in blood, and the right side of his skull was smashed, with the flesh on his face appearing shredded, and his cheekbones were exposed through the slits in his skin. Ew. Yummy. In a barn. Now- This was found out in a barn. In a barn. Now, Cazelia Gabriel, or Silly, the seven-year-old, she was barefoot and wearing only what was described as a blue-tipped shirt- So maybe it could have been a nightgown or like an oversized shirt for bed. Once again, seems as if maybe she too were lured or forced out to the barn. Her skull was smashed with several blows and her lower jaw was shattered. She also had a gaping transverse wound across her neck and a circular wound to the right side of her face. Her face had dried blood smears and clumps of her own hair were found clutched in her hands. It was determined that she was the only victim that did not immediately die, instead smearing blood across her face and pulling out her own hair as she writhed in shock, possibly for an hour or more. And the doctor felt that she probably could have been saved if she had been found in time. So that's why her blood was kind of smeared because she was just, I don't know if you've ever seen videos where people are like really injured and they're in shock and they're like pulling it skin and protruding bones and stuff like they don't understand like what is this about and you're just like no don't touch that you're putting your dirty hands inside of your face that's hanging off of your skull and they're just like grabbing at shit 
Seriously, people do this when they're in shock. Kind of like that part at the beginning of Saving Private Ryan where the guy is missing his arm and walking around and picks up his own fucking arm. Yeah, like okay, that. Like that. People actually do that. They don't like comprehend that what's this on my face that can't be my skin hanging off or my eyeball hanging out of its socket. And so they go and try and grab it. It's the strangest fucking thing to watch. It reminds me of very bad things. I have one lower leg and one upper arm. I have one lower leg and one upper arm. <laughs> I have his upper leg and her lower leg. Yeah. I have his upper leg and her lower leg. <laughs> it's a great movie. Spoiler alert. All, with these autopsies, everybody's dead. Yeah, that's why they're autopsies. Otherwise, it's murder. Now, the grandmother, Kazili Gruber, she was still dressed in her weekday clothes, including shoes. She had signs of strangulation on her neck and bruising near her right eye. She suffered seven blows to her head, one of which was triangular, and her skull was shattered. Victoria Gabriel was also dressed in her weekday clothes, but she was not wearing shoes. She also had strangulation marks on her neck, and the right side of her face had been smashed with a blunt object. She had a small round injury from a pointed tool on her upper skull, nine star-shaped wounds to her head, and her skull was smashed. Maria Baumgartner was still wearing her normal clothing and street clothes that she had arrived in, probably because she was still unpacking her shit. Yeah. Her face was crusted with blood, and she had been killed by numerous crosswise blows to the head, one of which was four centimeters deep. So you imagine if someone's striking you with a blunt object across your face, side to side, and it's four centimeters deep, which is a couple inches. So they're determined that this wasn't a machete? No. And we'll get to that in a minute, what they decided the murder weapon was. Maybe a machete is more clean and maybe... No, this was something blunt. Messy. Little Joseph Gabriel, he was two, almost three, I believe. He was killed as he laid in the carriage that was at the foot of his mother's bed. And he was found with just one blow to the right temple, which splattered some of his brain matter. And the top of the carriage was destroyed as if the killer had brought the murder weapon down through it when he or she swung the murder weapon, like they didn't want to see what they were doing. That's kind of what it looks like, is that they pulled the the cover down. And it's one of those carriages, you know, with like an adjustable top. You can pull it up for shade. Yeah, it was pulled down. And the fact that his carriage was then afterwards covered with a skirt, the maid's body was covered with a duvet, and the other four bodies were covered with hay, implies that the killer or killers didn't want to see the bodies, as they may have felt guilt or remorse, which strongly suggest it was someone they knew. You'll see that a lot with murders when it's, you know, crime of passion, and then people are like, they can't come to grips with what they've done, and so they'll cover the bodies up so they don't have to see them. And it was decided that a pickaxe or something similar was most likely the murder weapon. A pickaxe was found in the stable, but was later ruled out as the murder weapon. And no definitive murder weapon was found at the time of the initial investigation. The bodies were then beheaded so that the skulls could be sent to Munich to be studied by clairvoyance in hopes that they could shed some light on the crime. Like, see what kind of metaphysical shit you can find out about these skulls for us and let us know. You know, I bet it was making me think it was done by a skeptic. You know, like, oh, she thinks that she could fucking, she's a clairvoyant, huh? Cut their heads off. Sergeant, no. Cut all the heads off. Those are now her crystal fucking balls. And she can see her figure out how this happened. She's got six chances. This is highly irregular. Yeah, well, 
We threw the bodies around wherever we fucking wanted to, and you cut them open in a fucking barn at this point. <laughs> Fuck them. Cut the heads off. Well, unfortunately, the skulls did not speak to the clairvoyance. Bummer. And also, unfortunately, the skulls were lost some time during World War II, so they were never returned to be with the bodies. Well, those were some crazy days. So now let's get on to some motives and suspects. Police initially thought maybe the motive for the murders was robbery, but quickly dropped that theory when they noticed no valuables seemed to be missing, and they found a full cash box in one of the kitchen cabinets. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that the killer had a smokehouse upstairs, I don't think he was worried about money. I think he's doing fine. Although I did read that all of the family's guns were missing. But it was unlikely that someone would lurk around in their attic and then bludgeon all six of them to death just for some guns. So police felt that the murderer was familiar with the weapon used and that the brutality showed an anger or vendetta against the victims. It seemed personal, especially with the way all the bodies were covered. And, to add more credence to that theory, the way the farm and animals were taken care of during the four days the family members all lay dead showed that the murderer knew the farmstead and how it was run well. So authorities started looking into who would have motive to commit such a heinous crime. One theory was that an extended family member or members killed them to inherit the farmland. Now, the farm ended up going to Andreas's brother Bernard after the murders, but the Gabriels, who was Victoria's deceased husband's family, wanted the land. Eventually, Bernard sold it to them with the stipulation that the buildings on the property all had to be destroyed. And the buildings were demolished the next year, 1923, revealing a small storage space under one of the floors. It held a rusty pocket knife and a mattock. What's a mattock? It is an agricultural tool similar to a pickaxe. One side is pointed or it has a flattened edge running vertically, while the other is a flat beveled edge running horizontally. So it's similar to what you'd see like when people climb glaciers and shit, like an ice pick mm-hmm. type thing. Similar to a pickaxe, but it's shaped a little different. It's not pointed on both ends. Andreas's brother was able to tell officials that he knew the mattock came from the farmstead because he recognized it. It had been made by Andreas himself. It was found to have dried blood on it, and it is generally considered to be the official murder weapon that was used. But back to the Grubers and the Gabriels. I'm looking at one right now. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed unlikely that Bernard would have gone through all of the trouble to kill six people just to inherit the farm, only to turn around and sell it. And the Gabriels had no stake in the farm, so it would not have served a purpose for any of them to have killed the family. Another theory, which was quite far-fetched, was that Victoria's supposedly deceased husband, Carl, did it. Evidently, people thought he wasn't dead. (laughs) He had allegedly died in the trenches during World War II, but his body could not be recovered. Some people believed that he had actually survived and then returned several years later to discover that his wife had had a child with another man and went crazy. But that wouldn't really explain why he would be creeping around in the attic for several months beforehand. Not to mention the fact that several of his fellow soldiers claimed that they saw his dead body and confirmed his death. Oh, there's that. So that one was a little bit crazy. Like, like, I see where you're going with it, and I'm with you up until... Until I'm not. (laughs) Up until the point where I remember holding him as he died. (laughs) Yeah. So, A for effort. Yeah, I felt the rigor, and he was gone, and he's not coming back. 
see the scars on my face. That's where he scratched at me yelling for his mother as he died. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> Six foot, blue eyes. Yeah, he died. Dude, he's so dead. I was sitting here, and he was laying here. <laughs> and I, the last thing I said was, it's going to be okay. And then he was like, bitch, please. And then he died. <laughs> I like where your head's at, but I think you're wrong. Yep. He gave me this. This is his wallet. He said it was his prized possession. <laughs> I'm holding it. This is his. Yep. I know that because he died on my fucking lap. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going with your train of thought. You're getting somewhere. Yep. I'm just a brick wall you ran into. He's dead. <laughs> Very dead. The dead man brick wall. I have nightmares. So anyway, just go ahead and keep Famous on. for stopping theories. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're dead. I, I, um, had, I had to go to therapy for that. <laughs> yep. I remember. Trying to forget. Can't. Go fig. <laughs> well, years after the murders, a woman made a deathbed accusation that her two brothers, Adolf and Anton Gump, last name Gump, I wanna for go real, home. had committed the crimes. Although she had a history of telling grandiose lies... The two brothers were investigated for years with no evidence directly connecting them to the murders besides their sister's story. And they were pissed off at her sister. And they were still nearly tried in court, though, but the 20-year statute of limitations had passed by then, so they couldn't really bring them to court for that. So the biggest suspect then, and to many still the biggest to this day, was Lorenz Schlittenbauer. And there's a really fucked up backstory that plays into why he would have motive. You see, Andreas and Victoria had an incestuous relationship. Say what now? How's that? The father and daughter. Silly? Mm, I don't know. They had this incestuous relationship. And she had reportedly been abused since at least the age of 16. Oh, well. Which is about how old she was when she told a female neighbor slash friend about it in 1903. But it's unclear if it continued by choice once she was an adult. Their former maid would later admit to walking in on the two having sex in the barn and claimed to have overheard the two talking about their so-called relationship many times. Now, in 1915, probably around the year Silly was born, both Mm. Andreas and Victoria were charged and convicted of incest. The incest they were convicted for was said to have taken place between 1907 and 1910, which would have put Victoria in her early 20s. I wouldn't think by that age that she would still be doing it willingly, but if she was convicted of it, it might have been willingly. Yeah. He was sentenced to one year in prison, and she received one month, so I can't imagine that they would have Sentenced her to prison time if he had forced himself on her. But then again, it was the 1920s. So, you know, somehow it's always the woman's fault. But this incestuous relationship was most likely why Andrea stepped in between Victoria and Lorenz getting married. And why Victoria didn't just tell her dad to fuck off. That she was going to marry him. Because she was fucking her daddy. Yeah. Ew. Ick. Five years later, there there was another incest charge brought against them that allegedly resulted from a paternity dispute of some kind and parental obligations, presumably for maybe silly, but it ended in acquittal. Because of these charges and convictions, and probably because of their former maid too, people in neighboring communities talked and spread rumors that were most likely true. 
One of the rumors, which has never been proven or disproven, was that little Joseph wasn't actually the son of Lorenz Schlittenbauer, but was the son of Andreas, his own grandfather. Uh, Yeah. It's unclear if Lorenz knew of the incest when him and Victoria were together, or even for a while after they broke up. It's pretty bad when your family trees a vine. (laughs) He continued to claim Joseph was his own for some time, and he ended up marrying another woman not long after the split him and Victoria had, and he ended up having a baby with his new wife, and it ended up dying a few weeks after birth. So Lorenz was quite upset, as anyone would be, losing a child. And it just so happened that the woman that he married was the neighbor Victoria had confided to about the sexual abuse back in 1903. Seeing the connections here? I'm seeing it. (laughs) So, just my speculation. I don't want to see it. But maybe his wife got in Lorenz's ear, possibly questioning the paternity of Joseph since she was grieving and angry about the loss of her own child. Gets in his ear and says, how do you know that's even your kid? She was fucking her daddy. I mean, distraught women have done worse things, so I could totally see that. And Lorenz was already upset from the death of his new baby. His wife leaves this heavy shit on him. And voila, Lorenz himself began to claim that Joseph wasn't his and joined in the rumor mill that Andreas was the father. So then, not long before the murders, Victoria threatened to sue Lorenz for child support, and Lorenz was reportedly not too happy about this. He had inherited his family's farm, but he was not as well off as the Grubers. So he felt he shouldn't have to pay for a child that may not even have been his to a woman who had more money than him and who may have created said child with her own fucking father. This is a complicated fucking theory. (laughs) So I could see why he would be a little pissy about the whole situation, but does that make him a murderer of six people, two of which were innocent children? Yeah, see, now, everything that you just said and everything you just described, it's like, okay, this is an awful situation. This sucks. Should be mad. Should be infuriated. But nothing is stating that, that this is a, that he's a murderer. That, that's that's exactly. a different, that's a, you could be mad all you want, but. And many people see him as the, the prime suspect. And, you know, as I said before, Lorenz was the Gruber's closest neighbor. His home was only a few hundred yards away from the Gruber farmstead. And not only would he have had some kind of motive, I mean, anger is highly motivational in crime, and he was close by. We also have to consider that he led the group that found the bodies and then disrupted the crime scene by moving the bodies in the barn when they were found. So was he really concerned for his quote-unquote son, a son that he now claimed wasn't his at times? Or was he trying to give a reason as to why evidence might be connected to him at a later date if it was found? If he hadn't touched the bodies and evidence tied to him was later found, he would have no explanation. But if he jostled the victims and hay around, he could easily say any evidence related to him came from him looking desperately for his son in the hay. So investigators also felt he came off kind of nonchalant. The other members of the group said he wasn't showing any signs of repulsion when he viewed and handled the bodies. And he was familiar with the farm, something they expected from the murderer. He was their neighbor for over 20 years and had been in an intimate relationship with Victoria for several months, so he probably knew the farm and responsibilities reasonably well. Investigators had him in their crosshairs, but they never could find any evidence that could directly connect him to the murders. My only question when it comes to Lorenz's potential guilt 
is why he would have been hanging out in their attic for over six months. Police believe the killer was the person heard walking around in the attic and who had stashed food and made a bed up there, which makes sense. I mean, what are the odds that someone is squatting in the Gruber's attic and then someone else comes along and brutally murders them? Squatting in luxury, a fucking (laughs) smokehouse. But what reason would there have been for Lorenz to do that, and how would his wife not have noticed him being gone all the time? Maybe he was spying on them to get some kind of proof of the incest, or catch one of them saying Joseph wasn't his, maybe? I mean, he could spy on them without getting a camp set up in their fucking attic with a meat smoker and a bed. The whole idea that he would go through all of that, while married and taking care of his own farm and responsibility, seems just a little far-fetched to me. I don't know. I mean, you have the footsteps that lead out and don't come back. They lead in and don't come back. They lead in, okay. From the woods. Could have came from neighbor. Yeah. Could have came from the neighbor's place. And it's not it's not too far fetched to, to tell your wife if you're if you're especially if you're a farmer or a hunter, like, hey, I'm gonna go to town, I'm gonna um I gotta trade. I'm gonna trade these furs. I'm gonna uh trade this meat and see if I could buy us some seeds for something that This was nineteen twenty two. I mean they had economy and shit. Okay, sure. But it could be like it does it just matters on how far you are away from civilization. Hey, I gotta go to town for a couple of days to do Farm shit. I don't think it took... I mean, they had vehicles by this time. It wouldn't take days to go into town and do shit. Well, I don't know. It could take days for members of my family in their chicken coop down south to do business with Applebee's, which they did. Yeah, but I don't... Could be like, I'm going to go out of town for a couple of days. I got to talk to some people about some shit. Leave me alone. Get off my back, woman. So what reason would he have for stalking them up in their attic and setting up a fucking meat smoker in a bed? I mean, what was the purpose of that? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's why he doesn't make sense as a suspect to me. Yeah, I could see a motive there, but the chances are like astronomical that somebody else was hanging out, lurking around in their attic, and then he happens to come along and kill them all. And the person that was hanging out there is like, well, he killed them all. I guess I'll take care of the animals. I mean... Well, this is a bit of a reason to do it. The motive is there. Uh, doesn't make it right for what happened. But that would make a little bit more sense than just some random guy out of nowhere, no shit, up in the attic and decides to kill everybody and cover them up, which shows that possibly he knew who they were in the first place. Well, the only I way... Mean, if that's the case... If there's something like, oh, well, it could be him, but it fell flat. And then the detective's like, oh, well, then it was clearly a psycho who now just walked into the shadows. It's another Jack the Ripper. Look out, guys. The whole thing is just weird. I mean. I'm not saying it's not. The only way I could maybe see him hanging out up there would be if, like, he and Victoria were (laughs) still having a relationship, but trying to hide it from everyone. And, you know, he sneaks over for a quickie, but has to hide when someone in the family walks in, so where is he going to hide? The attic that no one would be going into. So I can understand that, but to have a veritable man cave up there just wouldn't make sense. And he wouldn't have had enough free time to spend up there to warrant setting up a bed in a fucking smoked meat stand <laughs> to appease his appetite. I always did want to make my own jerky. But, I mean, if for some reason he was the person lurking around in the attic, and it was because he and Victoria were still getting their freak on, 
I mean, maybe she broke it off and he didn't take it well. And maybe he responded by saying Joseph wasn't his. And then she responded by saying she was going to sue him for child support. And maybe that's when Lorenz just snapped. But then why stay on the property for days to tend to the animals? It doesn't make sense. (laughs) So something about Lorenz being the murderer and the attic squatter just doesn't make sense to me. It's possible that neither are related to one another, but those would be some astronomical odds. I do agree that these murders were probably committed by someone that knew the family. It's likely that the murderer was the person who was hanging out in the attic for several months, but why suddenly go berserk and kill everyone just out of the blue? I mean, did this person get caught by a family member, so they killed them and then decided that they had to get rid of the rest, and so they lured them out one by one to the barn? But even so, why so much fucking rage? Victoria and Cazelia had signs that they had been strangled at some point. Was that done to possibly render them unconscious before smashing them with the mattock? A way to kind of make their deaths easier on them? And if so, then why wasn't that same form of mercy given to little Silly, who suffered for hours before dying? It might have been one of those things where like, he, he did what he did and was like, oh, I can't watch this. Could have been that. Now, she suffered for it, but maybe he was like, oh, I can't, I can't stand what I just did. I can't watch this. I have to go in there. Which explains why the baby was done in the way the baby was done in, or the, or the little the little one. Why it was just but one But why are those blow. two strangled and the others aren't? What would be the purpose of strangling them and then hitting them? Maybe he was tuckered out. It takes, it takes from you to strangle somebody to death. That's not an easy thing to do. And to do that twice? He was probably fucking tuckered out. <laughs> if I had a lot of people to kill and I already started off my night strangling two of them, better believe I'm getting a fucking hammer and I'm doing the rest in. I'm not strangling anybody else. Fuck tired. Muscles are burning. I'm winded. Well, I don't necessarily... Plus I gotta cover them up with hay later. <laughs> Shit. I don't necessarily have an idea of who specifically did it, but I personally think that whoever did it never planned on killing the whole family. I don't think that was like the end goal. I think that they were caught creeping around, most likely in the barn, either by Victoria or Cazelia. They tried to strangle her, whichever one it was, and someone in the house heard it. So maybe the other female got to the barn first, and the murderer started strangling the second one that came. But by this time, the first one was coming too. The mattock was nearby, and in a panic, the killer just started swinging. By then, Andreas and probably Silly ran out to the barn and were taken down. They were in their night clothes. And at this point, thinking all four were dead, except for Silly they didn't realize was still alive, the killer headed inside to dispatch of the rest of the potential witnesses, and they caught the unpacking maid off guard, and then they got little Joseph as he slept. The killer covered the bodies as he didn't want to see what he had done. And he didn't attempt to, quote-unquote, hide them, though. Even the bodies in the barn, I mean, though they were stacked and covered with hay, weren't completely hidden. I mean, he left the feet sticking out and visible. As to why they would continue to stay on the farm and eat meals and feed the animals, maybe they were in some kind of shock and just going through the motions at first, (laughs) and then trying to plan their next move. Eating his own smoked meat and corn. He's like, fine, fine, everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, if they had been in the attic for months, they were pretty much living by mooching off of the family the whole time. They had a pretty decent setup up there. 
So they probably didn't necessarily have anywhere to go. They didn't have a job. And it made sense to hide out where there were rations and a roof over their head <laughs> until they absolutely had to leave. It was one of those things where he's just, he's living off of scraps in the attic. Granted, he had a smoker, which is kind of badass, but still, he was living off of scraps, you know. He was just like, you know what? I'm going to have a goddamn shepherd's pie. I'm going to sit here at the <laughs> fucking table. This is going to be, ain't nobody going to say shit, clearly. And if the dog has anything to say about it, I'm going to fuck him up. Dog has something to say about it. Fucked him up. And then he ate a shepherd's pie. And then he let the dog out to pee and tied him up in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Hiding behind shepherd's pie going, oh, quit knocking and go away. So, I mean, that'd be the only reason I can think of they could stay is, you know, they had a roof, they had meals, and they were just going to work it until they absolutely couldn't anymore. And I have no clue why they wouldn't have taken any money, though. I mean, they did find a whole box full of cash in one of the cabinets. I mean, guns, I mean, all the guns were stolen and they could be sold, but if you're going to do that, why not just take the cash? That's more money. It's just, it's, the whole thing's just fucking weird. Someone's hanging out, they kill everybody, then take care of their animals, don't steal their money, and they just disappear. Maybe it's to fuck them, to, to, to fuck with people. It's clearly working. It's working right now. Maybe he was just like, you know what? I'm going to take the guns. I'm not going to touch that cash. See what these motherfuckers have to say about it. <laughs> Shepherd's pie is getting cold. But they were disturbed enough to cover up the bodies. They didn't want to see what they had done. But then they're going to be like, oh, let me fuck with somebody. Yeah. This whole thing could <laughs> This whole thing was set up like that. Not only am I going to kill them, I'm going to fuck everybody up. <laughs> this is going to be so weird. Everybody's going to look at this, and this is going to be some time where they're literally going to scratch their heads. And they're going to be like, Sarge, I don't... Was it a robbery? Um, Kinda. Okay. <laughs> I bet you this case is where they first invented taking the red string. <laughs> the cash is here. The oven's here. Here's the smoke. Here's the little smokehouse. There's the dog. There's the tracks. There's the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> There's the barn slash corners building. <laughs> <laughs> Loop it around Lorenzo's farmhouse a couple times. Bring it back. <laughs> well, in 2000... Yeah, like, they probably ran it into the ground, too. Like, there's that one beat-down cop. He's just like, but what does it all mean? They're like, Sergeant, we're past that. We don't... <laughs> it, fuck if I know. Nobody knows. I think there's a pattern here. Sarge, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> The worst thing about him is that he's patient. Oh, God. I quit. <laughs> I'm putting in my two weeks. He's a hunter. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, in 2007, the Fürstenfeldbruck, and I know I had to have nailed that. That was good. Fürstenfeldbruck Police Academy. Probably fucked the second one up, though. Probably. Investigated this cold case, trying to apply modern forensics and investigation techniques to solve it. They decided that it is virtually impossible to solve it with 100% surety as evidence has been lost or wasn't even collected. But they did claim that they had one main suspect. Due to the, fact, due to the fact that their suspect still had living relatives, they declined to say who it was, but some research that I read claimed unofficially that their suspect was the same one from 1922, Lorenz Schlittenbauer. I wonder if, like, 
if if they actually pursued it and like arrested him and everything, they're like, but officers, I didn't do anything. It's like, you know what? At this point, you might not have, but we're at that point now where this makes the most sense. <laughs> so we're just going to go ahead and arrest you. I didn't do anything. You probably didn't. But um, <laughs> I have to close this case. And so far, uh, you're the one that's coming up. Uh, everything else. We're ding, kinda, ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Everything else we're kind of ruling out. But when it comes to you, we're kind of like, eh. eh. I don't know. I don't think so. Like He was angry. I don't get it. But... I get it. So, <laughs> need you to come with me. This well, is shepherd's pie. I love shepherd's pie. Can I have some? The family and Maria were laid to rest without their heads in a cemetery in Wadehofen where a memorial for them still stands. And that's the case of the Hintrakafak murders in 1922, one of the most puzzling unsolved murder cases in German history. And above the um, memorial is a very well-placed box with a question mark on it, like in (laughs) Super Mario. Maybe it's a coin. Maybe it's a suspect. Maybe it's a flower. It's a toss-up. It's something. (laughs) This is another one that makes my brain hurt. But uh, thanks for listening and sticking with us, you guys. Let us know your theories on social media. If you liked what you heard, please get on iTunes and leave us those five-star ratings and a review. If you didn't like what you heard, then why are you fucking still listening? But you You should still leave a five-star rating since we were palatable enough to listen to for this long. You know what? If you didn't like it and you stuck around this long, I like you. You're You're good. You're all right. Maybe we can turn that around. You should still leave us five-star review because you made it through. I would it's leave, like giving yourself a five-star If review. I didn't like it, I'd be like, sound like shit. That would be like the title of my review. <laughs> sound like shit, but I put my head down and push through. <laughs> so do that. Leave us the five-star reviews because you like us and because you want us to do good and shit. Yeah. You know why I would love a five-star, more five-star reviews? We have plenty. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a good amount, but... I always see on Facebook these links to these articles, like these top podcasts you need to listen to. Uh, so I think five more five-star reviews, like a shit ton of them, will get us actually kind of noticed. I yeah. would love to like check out an article and be like, check out this podcast, check out this podcast, and Martinez and the Macabre. And I, I would lose my shit. I would actually call you at work. I would have you pulled away from what you're doing <laughs> medically. They're like, oh, is this an emergency? Yes. Get her on the phone now. We actually... There was an officer that called up from one of the dorms today and said, yeah, this inmate said he ate some moldy bread and he threw up. He wants to know if he can come up and be seen. I'm like, if he threw up, then his body's doing what it's supposed to do. It's getting rid of the moldy bread. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him to keep puking. What am I going to do? Invest- Why the fuck was he eating moldy bread? Yeah. Yeah. Like- <laughs> First of all, you either knew it was moldy and you ate it anyway. Or second, you're fucking lying because you already ate the bread and you're just guessing that it was moldy. Yeah. Um, here's a hint. There's no such thing as tie-dye bread. If it's blue or green, <laughs> leave it alone. Yeah. Or eat it and trip out. Yeah. They acted like it was something bad that they were throwing up moldy bread. It's like, they shouldn't have fucking eaten it. No. I would understand. It was like he ate moldy bread and he's on the ground rolling, clutching his stomach and screaming. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's see him. Uh, he ate moldy bread and vomited. Okay, so he doesn't have moldy bread anymore, yeah, clearly. Yeah, if he continues to vomit or he has other symptoms, then send him up to me. It's like, <laughs> it's not even so much like a have him deal with it type of thing, but it's like, 
He ate something. His body rejected it. Yeah, it's doing what it's supposed it, to do. It's out of him now. That's what vomiting is. That's Your body is. is rejecting something that is in it because it's not good for you. Isn't it called reverse mastication? No, masticating would be chewing. Reverse. I believe... That would be the reverse it's of swallowing. This book, it's this book called Why Do Men Have Nipples? And it, it talks about vomiting and um, the slang that a lot, of, a lot of medical people use. One of them is called a technicolor yawn, which I think is amazing. And it's called emesis. Uh, is it? Mm-hmm. I could have sworn. That's why those little like bean-shaped basins that we give patients, they're called emesis basins. Oh, it made a really uh, ass of myself when I was in Iraq. That's where I read the book. Mm-hmm. And I fell, I fell in love with that book. I don't know where it's, it's. I don't even know if I have it anymore. We have it. But um, I I actually read the. I read it front to back. Mm-hmm. I had fell in love with it. it I've was, read it too. It's great. And a lieutenant sat down. A lieutenant that I knew it was a female, and she sat down. She was like, "Ah, Specialist Jones, how are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing great, ma'am. Do you know why men have nipples?" She was like, "Okay." And then she got up <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to teach you such shit. You want no part of that shit. I wasn't trying to be a creep. <laughs> All right, Specialist Jones is weird. Yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, I bet she sat down with <laughs> other soldiers. Like, you see that guy right there? Like, who the guy in the camouflage? Like, yeah, okay, him. The guy with the short hair? No, god damn it, no. His name. The one that's really hot and sweaty. His name says Jones. You mean like every other person on the planet? No. I actually had an intake today, and he shared your name. What, William Jones? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> so there's a William Jones that I brought into our lovely establishment. He was a parole violator, so. Oh. <laughs> all right, guys. So, yeah, if you like that, get on iTunes. Do those reviews and all the five stars and shit. And uh, while you're at it, please check out the other great podcasts on the Murderly Network. Show them some love. You can find all of us at murder.ly on your interwebs. And if you would like to be a real baller and financially support the show, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash martinis in the macabre and make a pledge. Even just $1 a month will get you access to patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show. We usually try and do early releases of our episodes. Of course, this week will not be an early release because we are way behind. It'll be a holy shit, we just made it release. You usually will get early release ad-free um, so that's another benefit of joining our Patreon. And for just a few dollars more, you can get some cool swag. I'm actually going to be sending out some stuff tomorrow for our November patrons for the month of October. So once again, thank you to all of our patrons. Of course, Kate, Hunter, Cooper, Bridget, Molly S., Sue, Holly, Stephen, Corey, Amy, Donald, Christy, Corina, Bonnie, Marie, Maxime, and our newest patron, Molly W. I had to separate the two Mollies. I don't want to use anyone's last name without permission, so that's why I just kind of shout out the first name. So We love you. Now we've got two Mollies, so thank you, Mollies. We love you all. You awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love, as Billy has just said. Kisses and misses. <laughs> And you can now make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing via our PayPal link on our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. And it's near the bottom of the homepage underneath the Patreon links. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre and on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. And be sure to join our fan page on Facebook as well at Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre. And do let, let us know your theories on this case because I'm interested to hear what some other people think. 
And we love interacting with you guys, so feel free to post whatever you like on the pages, share our posts. That's one of the biggest ways that you can actually help us organically, just sharing our pages, post, retweeting, just help get the word out. That goes a really long way, and that's actually better help than any review you could ever give. And I like it when I see that on my on Facebook, you'll be like, oh, this person like this new person likes martinis in the cup. This new person likes martinis in the cup. I'm like, oh, more people. Yes, hey. and welcome to all of the new snuggle bunnies to the groups. We I used to try and keep up and, you know, say hi and welcome to all the new people. And I just, I don't have the time, but I do love you and I see all of you and we totally appreciate it. <laughs> so welcome to the groups, everyone that is new and has joined. Make sure you visit our website, martinisinthemacabre.com, to learn a little bit about us. You can listen to our complete episode catalog or to listen to all of the songs created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. And of course, keep listening because another one will be at the end of this episode. And, and what else is at the end of this episode? Some Japanese soda. Yep. Made with octopus. And love. <laughs> And be sure to find Minimus Noah's first official album release called Views on iTunes, Spotify, and many other music providers. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, you can shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com, or you can use the contact page on the website. And once again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really love having you guys here to listen to our bullshit. Stay safe, snuggle bunnies, and we'll see you in two weeks. Love you. Bye. Bye. Stay tuned for the octopus juice.
really hope that this carbonation thing works. Okay. <laughs> like you told me. Yeah, scoot closer. So the microphone's... Okay. Now, hold that. Don't, don't do anything with it. Are you going to try and read label? It's in fucking Japanese. It ain't going to work. I can with my phone. I got Bixby Vision. I can. <laughs> okay. So, they have this really cool thing where they have like a little marble or something that drops in there. Mm-hmm. And that creates your carbonation. Which I think is genius. It Japanese is. Have, have just one up to have carbonation on demand. Fucking amazing. Okay. It means you can like shake around uh, the bottle. Yeah, you can drop it and throw it around, and it won't do anything because it it's car- it's not carbonated yet. I think our listeners think we're morons. So here's how it is right here. And I think what I got to do is take this is like the 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 little like safety thing. Now, mm-hmm. ah, <laughs> you splattered me. Oh, what? What? That is insane. There's your carbonation. That's Too cool. Bad you guys can only hear it. I don't know, but you sprayed me. It's all I know. Oh, Does this it. unscrew? I don't know. I'm not Japanese, Billy. I think I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. I really think so. No, if you're turning it, Japanese, you you'd know how to open it. It smells like candy. <laughs> Watch this taste like normal soda. If this tastes like a sprite, I swear. It smells like candy. I don't care for Sprite. It almost has like a, like a li- gingery ginger type. Ginger is it like a li- ginger ale? Ginger or licorice? Uh, All right. I don't like the idea of ginger licorice. That just sounds bad. <laughs> Doesn't like you either. How about that? <laughs> Ew. Okay. Bonsai. Drink number two. Mm. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's new. I promise, guys. It's good. Who it's wants not it? too bad. Who wants it? Oh, I, I'll, I'll. Go for it. Oh. That was. <laughs> Does it take two drinks? Is that what it, it is? It's not. It tastes kind of weird, but it's not bad. I can actually go out and buy this. Like, it's not overly bad, but, like, I'm kind of indifferent on it. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I do not. I do not That's approve. like cough syrup or some shit. Although, the aftertaste is not the best. It, like, numbs your tongue. I think I should get Nugget. This is, like... Is he awake? That's no, like, but... No, don't wake him up. That's, like... Okay, it's starting... Like, it... <laughs> It seriously numbed my tongue. The, it's like the cough syrup or that here, throat spray. The aftertaste it tastes like chloroseptic. <laughs> more. The, the aftertaste is kind of like halls to me. Yes, and, it, I, and I would know because I had to take a ton of those when I was learning If this is what an octopus tastes like, I'm down. I'm not. It tastes like medicine. It tastes like. It shouldn't numb your tongue. I mean, it kind of does. Taste I want more like of this. This is the... ew. This is kind of ew, weird. guys. Ew, no. Like, like I don't if... know what it's called, but don't do it. Don't if do I it. Was, if I was given something completely <laughs> awful or or that, I drink that. That was what. <laughs> <laughs> 
If, if I was, it was something really horrible or that, if, I guess if, I'd have to go If that. I was given a cup of piss or this, I guess I'd drink this. Yeah, I don't even know what to call it because it's in fucking Japanese. I don't even know what it's called. It's called octopus. Because there's an octopus on the Yeah, label. that's all I know oh, is there's there a drawing is. of an octopus yeah, on it. See the octopus? Yeah. And it tastes like medicine. That tastes kind of weird. It really does taste like halls. I think I like octopus now. Go for it, man. No, I, I told Nugget I'd save him some. I'm thinking it won't about, be carbonated by tomorrow. I'm thinking about just get, waking him up like, here, drink it's it. It's going to go flat. He's not going to like it. It tastes It'll like medicine. Flat. He's awful. not going to like it. Yeah, no, he's not. <clears throat> He'll get mad if we don't ha- let him have any. He'll be so angry. All right. Well, then let's call it quits. Okay. I, my verdict, no. Big no. That's I'm, a no-go. different. But, like, this guy over here, he is loving it. I don't hate N-O-P-E, it. N-O-P-E, what's that spell? Nope. I can see getting served this at a Japanese restaurant. Yeah, I can see All that. Right. And I can see me going, no, thank you. You may take that back. All I've right. had my medicine today. I'm going to go share this. Bye. Bye.